And we return for another edition of our daily wrap-up, myentertainmentworld.ca recordings. I don't know how I feel about calling them podcasts, but that's just a personal hang-up. Anyway, what did everybody get up to today? <laughs> Saya, you, you went out there and braved the mythical beast that is Hall H. I did, and I was more successful than I thought, because um, I was kind of more interested in the afternoon panels, because the first panel was um, the Warner Brothers one, and I'm kind of more of a Marvel girl, so I was like, Ooh. yeah, I mean, not that I dislike DC, but if I didn't get in, I wasn't going to be devastated. So I got there at like 8.30, and I got in the first panel, and I felt kind of bad because the guy I was sitting next to was like, oh yeah, I was here till 2.30 in the morning, and then they gave us like, a, they have wristbands if you get there early enough, and he's like, and then I, I got woke up at 6.30 and came in, and I was like, oh, I just kind of walked in. <laughs> I mean, there was a little bit of waiting, but comparatively. Uh, so yeah, we did the WB panel, which um, they had a trailer for Man From U.N.C.L.E., which is like a Guy Ritchie Cold War spy comedy, like, you know, his action comedy genre, which looked pretty good. Because that used to be like a TV show, Man From U.N.C.L.E. They did not mention the TV show? Really? It, like yeah. this, I think it was like the 60s or the 70s. Like, it's old school. It's an old property. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would have been something they could have mentioned. But actually, the whole WB panel, the whole, not WB, that's the channel, the whole Warner Brothers panel was kind of rushed because they also did Pan, um, which they kind of, they showed a trailer, did a couple of questions, and then shoot them along. Um, then they did... Um, Suicide Squad, which they showed us a trailer, they paraded out the entire cast, like the whole squad, there was Violet Davis, and it was really exciting, and they sat there, like, okay, and then they left. There were no questions for that. <laughs> so, yeah, and then they did the Batman versus Superman, and then they brought that cast out and showed us the trailer. They showed us the trailer twice. Why? Like, they showed it, and then they did the panel, questions and answers, and they showed it again, because they were really excited. <laughs> really proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were super excited. So that was like us. <laughs> Please like us. Aww. Which that is DC's inferiority complex really is hilarious at this point. I think. Yeah, they were, they seemed pretty pumped about it though, and the audience seemed to like it. So there you go. Yeah. Well, actually, Suicide Squad came up in my first press room of the day yeah. because, which is kind of ridiculous, because it was for an animated show on Hulu. Um, called The Awesomes, which is actually superheroes, um, so it's kind of related, but Ike Barinholtz is in it, who is also in Suicide Squad. Uh, so there was a girl in, uh, on our press table who was just sort of really determined to ask him about Suicide <laughs> Squad, even though it was not relevant at all and you're really not supposed to bring up other projects. Meanwhile, sitting next to her, I was really intent on talking to him about the Mindy Project, even <laughs> though you're not supposed to talk about other projects. So we sort of, like, sneakily got around, and we actually got to Suicide Squad because the he, there was three people, the way that Awesomes, the Awesomes has a huge cast, and so the way they divided the talent among the tables was that we got three people at once, and Ike Barinholtz was with Mike Schumacher, the uh, executive producer, and one of the other actors, who I think is Paula Pell, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, and she was really fun and goofy, and she was joking about something something about Illinois and how they pump you full of carbs, and it got <laughs> and how she grew up, and then uh, it got our, our the rest of the reporters talking about um, where everybody was from, and everybody had to say where they were from, and they finally get to me, and Ike Barinholtz looks at me, and I'm like... I'm Canadian. I don't know what to tell you. 
And so he asked me where I'm from, and I said Toronto, and he said he had spent the last four months there because of Suicide Squad. So we just spent, like, a while talking about Toronto, which was kind of fun. Um, So he's in Suicide Squad, and if you watch The Mindy Project, you know Morgan. He's kind of schlubby, and that's sort of the whole thing. He's kind of an idiot. But he is because he's in... Uh, we, no one really knows who he's playing in Suicide Squad, but he's, like, really jacked now, which was <laughs> interesting to see, because I'm like, you're Morgan. What are you... Why? why? Anyway, so... I have to do, like, a joke on Parks and Rec where... Yeah, like, like the Chris Pratt yeah. thing. Yeah, it, it, sort of, it was sort of like that. I was looking at him, I was like, you don't... I feel like you're not as funny anymore, which is obviously not true <laughs> or fair in any way. Um, but, you know, biceps... <laughs> so anyway, that was my observation of Ike Barinholtz. But the show, he said he he absolutely definitely got cast in Suicide Squad because he was on The Awesomes, which is a cartoon about a superhero team up um, of like second stringer kind of replacement superheroes headed by Seth Meyers. So I got to meet Seth Meyers and Ike Barinholtz and Taryn Killam and uh, Emily Spivey, who's a writer who's really great, who's also a voice actor on the show. Uh, so that was really cool, and now I kind of want to watch that show. But cool. most importantly, Ike Barinholtz is now really jacked, so there's that. Most important news <laughs> of the day. What else happened in Hall H? Um, next is kind of the zombie theme panel. So they did Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, um, which was amazing. I'm so excited for that movie. Um <laughs> Because they they talked about it, like, the humor. They're like, you know, we don't kind of, like, turn and we get the camera. Like, we play it completely serious. So just, like, pride, like you know, have your, your gorgeous costumes. Like, it has the set. I'm pretty sure one of the sets that's on the trailer was also in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Like, the mm. one they used for Mr. Bingley's house. I'm like, I think that's the same house. So it has, like, amazing pieces, but it just, you know, like, weapons. And I think during the proposal scene in the trailer, like, Lizzie punched Mr. Darcy in the face. And it's just, <laughs> it was awesome. Um... So I'm excited about that, um, and I kind of felt bad because Matt Smith is Mr. Collins, who's kind of a minor character, but everybody wanted to ask him questions because he's Matt Smith. And then he's on the next panel because they have this movie called um, Patient Zero, which um, it's not zombies. Natalie Dormer corrected the panel; she's like, "It's not zombies; they're the infected." Ooh, and it, like, it's like the Walkers. You're not supposed to say yeah, zombie yeah. on The Walking Dead. I don't want Natalie Dormer to call me out. No, who would? Yeah, I feel like she's all-knowing. So. <laughs> We've decided today that Natalie Dormer is not a person. She is some sort of godly creature sent from above. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so she would correct me, I feel like. Um, yeah, it looks cool. It like takes place in an underground military bunker where they're trying to find the cure, and Stanley Tucci's a Yay! zombie. Oh. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like Matt Smith's character was bitten but not infected, um, so he can talk to the zombies, and then Stanley Tucci's like, they, it's one of the, I think it was the moderators, like, it's kind of like Silence of the Lambs, where it's like a creepy character, and you're trying to, like, get information from them, so yeah, Stanley Tucci was not at the panel, sadly, Aww. I know. He would have been, like, my first choice. <laughs> He's yeah. so interesting. Yes, I love Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Um, and then there was Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. <gasps> Yeah, they they were really plugging Ultra Panavision, which is this way of filming that you have to watch it on a giant screen. Like, I think this is the eighth movie that has been done on it. And on Christmas Day, they're doing special screenings of it, and they were really plugging it because they were really excited about the... Uh, is it just, yeah. like, 
Ultra IMAX or something? I don't really understand. <laughs> I, I was kind of not super interested in it. Sorry, so quit paying attention. I was. It kind of went in one ear out the other. They showed a screen that was kind of curved, and it's just a different way of projecting and different aspect ratios, I guess. Um, yeah. And then they actually, they were very vague about the movie. They showed us a trailer. Well, it wasn't a trailer. It was, uh, Tarantino said that the studio sent them a trailer, and he's like, well, the people that are going to this panel already know what I'm about, so I'm just going to, so he and somebody, I think one of his editors or the crew, they, a couple days ago, clipped together a seven-minute sizzle reel. reel. Not sizzle reel. He said it's not the sizzle reel, and he just... <laughs> Showed us stuff. And Here are some random shots. Here's, here's some things I filmed on my phone while we were shooting. Enjoy. Well, they showed, they answered us all the characters, so it looked cool. What is Hateful Eight about? Um, from what I could gather, oh. um, Jennifer Jason Lee's character is sent uh, with a um, is being sent to be hung. So there's like. There's a couple bounty hunters after her, and then they have to. There's a blizzard, so they go into a house and are holed up, and not everybody's who they say they are. And they is it all like a period are, thing, like an old west thing, or is it? Yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. like oh, okay. Django with like Clue. Yeah, well, Django <laughs> like, said they're like a little they, bit quick in the dead. Salem, maybe. I don't <laughs> like, know, but it's a western because Tarantino said he's he's not a western director until he's done three. So he kind of Django this. He said he's going to do another one at some point. Oh, interesting. Is that a real rule from, like, Western cinema, or is that just Quentin Tarantino wanting to make three Westerns? I think it's a Tarantino thing, but I don't know for sure. I haven't read a lot about what it takes to be considered a Western director. So. <laughs> what? So, Why not? You know. What were you doing all day? Uh, see how I can cleverly segue this. Uh, <laughs> from the wide screen perspective that we were talking about... <laughs> Uh, I started the day in a panel uh, celebrating 10 years of uh, Boom Studios comics, <laughs> and they're, uh, they're looking forward, um, and they've started this uh, hashtag, uh, Comics Forward, uh, and, and they, it was this panel of, I guess, current, current writers and creators for Boom uh, speculating about the future of comics and, and where it's come from and where it's going. Uh, just the fact that, you know, there has been this huge influence by fans uh, for uh, just increasing and making more vocal a demand for diversity in comics. Mm -hmm. And as much as uh, the, larger, the larger comics houses like DC and Marvel... They have all these properties, and they don't really have the room to innovate as much. Like, they, they can sort of take, they can make a new Captain America and a new Ms. Marvel and, and go at things that way to introduce more diversity into, um, into their lineups, whereas Boom, they've got, you know, shorter series and, and, and different, you know, some of the properties that they have are more malleable. Uh, mm -hmm. So they were talking a bit about diversity. Uh, I tweeted a line from that, and that was, I think it was slightly misinterpreted um, 
to to look at the whole panel as as being a panel about diversity, and it wasn't really. It was sort of a it was a retrospective slash looking ahead thing, um, and the panelists made it clear that you know they all wanted more creators that weren't like them. Uh, Mark Wade, who's a very established uh, creator, uh, put forward you know. Ultimately, he'd love to see more creators who aren't, you know, old white dudes like himself. Um, and, you know, just wanting to get more more new voices out there. So, yeah, no, it just happened that I was at that panel because I was originally in that room to uh, be present for a spotlight on Ali Brosh, who is... Um, anybody who has spent any time on the internet has probably seen the Clean All the Things meme. Uh, and so, yeah, she was talking to Felicity, Felicity, Felicia Day, um, and, uh, yeah, no, it was interesting because that conversation, they were talking about, like, childhood crushes and (laughs) playing Magic the Gathering and, you know, Dave Barry and Rick Moranis and other interests. Are those the childhood crushes? (laughs) Uh, I think uh, there was some, there was some talk of favorite comedians and yes, Rick Moranis was one of Ali Brosh's childhood crushes. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, and, and Felicia Day was having none of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so and that conversation was a was an interesting one, just because it it was it really just felt like sitting in on two people talking, which is always nice for. Um, and I mean, it touched on you know the, the influences and, and how much everybody likes Calvin and Hobbes and how much of an <laughs> influence those those um comics were on people uh but uh but yeah no all in all it was a pretty other other than the drama that we had on twitter uh (laughs) from the earlier session in that room no everything was absolutely peachy and lovely uh with felicia day and uh and ali brosh um but yeah no it was it they i'm sure they could have gone on for hours more they were such a lovely they're obviously their friends in real life outside of convention halls, so it was really neat to just sort of sit in and be a fly on the wall for a talk like that. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I spent the rest of my day, so I told you all about the first press room that was really interesting and fun, tons of celebrities, and then the other three were all for sci-fi shows, um, not sci-fi the genre, sci-fi the channel. Um, although both, S-Y-F-Y. Yeah, S-Y-F-Y. Although technically they're supposed to be both, that sci-fi is supposed to be sci-fi. Um, but they all sort of blended together. They were all three very um, ambitious, world-buildy dramas uh, sort of things. The first one was Twelve Monkeys, which is, oh God, like sort of zombie-ish in that there's like a... Um, there's no zombies, but in the sense that there's something that has infected all of humanity and wiped almost everybody out. Mm-hmm. How connected it is it to the movie? It's it's based on the movie. It's based on the yeah. movie. Okay. Um, but it's totally different, and so there's tons of uh, time travel and all these crazy things. Um, my big takeaway from the Twelve Monkeys panel was, although the creator was very interesting to talk to, but my big takeaway was um, Amanda Scholl, who was the star of Center Stage 15 years ago. Which, 11-year-old Kelly, that was my absolute favorite movie. I was obsessed with it. Um, so what she, was? Was? was uh, okay, it, but in all fairness, I have not seen it, 
recently. Um, it is on my to-do list to watch very soon. Um, Marty and I have grand center stage watching plans, because he's managed to never see it. Um, I can't imagine why. Um, so, uh, yes, but I haven't seen it in ages, so I can't really confirm that it is now one of my favorite movies, but it, it was my be-all and end-all of island, like, desert island movies, the best movie ever. Um, and she was the star of that. She played Jody. Uh, so she's then went on to, uh, she was on One Tree Hill and she was on Suits and now she's on Twelve Monkeys and, like, I love One Tree Hill and Suits. So, I, she, she was a big deal. I was very excited about her. She looked gorgeous. She's amazingly beautiful in person, even more beautiful than on screen. And she was wearing the best dress and she was so charming and fun. And I was just, I couldn't have been more impressed with her. Um, that was sort of it for Twelve Monkeys. Like, it was a really complicated show. Uh, then there was The Expanse, which is a new show that's adapted from the books. Um, that was another one where the, the writers were really interesting, uh, but the writers were luckily so interesting because we ran out of time and only got to speak to one actor, who was very insightful, though I cannot tell you who he is or what part he plays, because I don't remember, um, and also because I don't think he introduced himself. But, uh... That show should be interesting. It's set um, in the future when we've had to, we've been sort of forced off Earth because we've run out of resources, obviously, oh. inevitably. But the idea of it is that we've set up life in space and um, colonized Mars and all that kind of fun stuff. But the idea is that they're approaching it with realism, which is an interesting tactic for, you know, uh, post-apocalypse sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is that it's rooted in, like, okay, so let's talk to real scientists if, when, if, when, you know, when this happens to us. That's sort of good for sci-fi. I mean, it's not Sharknado. Like, good for them for taking a... Right, which is interesting, because it's sci-fi, sci the channel is right, right. the homo Sharknado. And actually, the next, yeah, so The Expanse looks cool, but then the next show on of the my press room day is produced by the Sharknado people. Okay. Uh, and it's Z Nation, um, which has a lot of that thing you're mentioning, that Sharknado-y absurdity. It's really funny. Um, that was a fun panel to do of people because they were all really fun people. Mm -hmm. uh, all the actors, the uh, showrunner is really fun on that one. DJ Qualls is in it, which if anyone remembers The New Guy, which was like a, sh a weird movie from when I was a sort of middle school aged. Um, but again, it's zombies, but it's like a sort of the anti-Walking Dead in that it's really fun and silly and again, very much from the people who gave us Sharknado. Yeah. Um, so it, it stands in contrast to The Expanse, and but all three of them were just these very, very high-concept, basic cable, sci-fi sort of messes. <laughs> but they should be fun. But yeah, so that was my, the rest of my day. It was just, like, a lot of zombies and effect, infected people and time travel and Mars colonization. <laughs> nice. Yep. Very fun. Where'd you go next? Uh, well, I sat and all, all I did today was Hall H. I quit before the last two panels. <gasps> Shame. Well, no, I had this... So there's this family behind me that, like, the kids, I heard them say their mom, they're like, 
oh, can we go? And Or you said we can go. She's like, I didn't say that. So these kids clearly didn't want to be there. I could hear them fidgeting and whispering and giggling. And the dad fell asleep, and I could hear him snoring. And I kind of had this epiphany. I'm like, I am this family. Because I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm becoming That's a thing deep. I love. Well, because I... It's not that I didn't want to be there, but I was just afraid to leave my seat. So I was uncomfortable. I was tired and cranky. And it's not that I didn't want to go to the... Um, the uh, DC TV panel or the um, what was the Fox panel? It's just I was so tired and I feel like I wouldn't enjoy myself. So I was kind of, oh, I'm doing, I'm being the mom to the children where I'm forcing myself to do something I don't want to and it's supposed to be fun. And then so. Saya turned around and there was nobody behind her. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the family yeah. in her head. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I left and I felt. I mean, I walked past Holly, just like the line, because they were still lined up, and I left. And I felt good. I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I wasn't going to enjoy it fully, and these people will. Um, but before I left, I saw Legendary Pictures. They did uh, Crimson Peak with Guillermo del Toro and, <gasps> and? Tom Hiddleston. Woo, Tom Hiddleston! Yeah, he was charming. So was Guillermo del Toro. They're all charming. Mia Wasikowska, I think I said that correctly. I'm, Who I've heard, knows? I've heard her name said so many times that I forget instantly, and I feel bad. Um, this is and, like me and my ta- Tamo, Tamo pe- 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 whatever his name is. Yeah. Penicat, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jessica Chastain was there, and they Ooh. talked about it. And uh, Guillermo del Toro said he wanted a classically lush, lavish, gothic romance, but he wanted to not have it because those stories typically have women as damsels, and he kind of wanted to change that because he talked about his daughters. So I really like del Toro; he's very charming, um, and it looks scary. And then Adam Scott and Tony Collette came out to talk about their Christmas horror movie, uh, Krampus. And then Warcraft panel came out, which looks interesting. I'm not <laughs> sold on the visuals because it's um, live motion capture. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of hard to see from my seat. Um, but Travis Fimmel from Vikings is in it, and obviously I love him. So, And the cast is very enthusiastic, so that was cool. And then there was the Women Who Kicked Ass panel, and it was like Haley Atwell and Gwendolyn Christie, Jenna Coleman, Kathy Bates, and uh, Gigi Godot. Is it Gigi? No, Gal. Ga- Gal Godot. Gal- gosh. She's going to be uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, right? sorry. It's because yeah. I kept writing Gigi, like when she spoke. Oh, so yeah. I was, like, that's, it was in my head. Yeah, Gal Godot. Sorry. Um, Saya calls her Gigi, they go yeah, way back. We're, like. we're <laughs> <laughs> no, Gal Godot. Uh, that was. That was Interesting. I mean, it's mostly them just telling antidotes, and um, it was fun. And then I, the last panel I went to was Joss Whedon, and he said he's has stuff in the works, but he can't talk about it, which is frustrating. But he did announce a new comic he's doing, and somebody asked him about Doctor Horrible Two, and he was like, "Well, everybody wanted to happen, but everyone's busy." <laughs> so it's a maybe. And then they gave him an Icon Award, and he got emotional, and they were emotional, and everyone was emotional, and it was great. So that was a good place to leave Hall H with For Joss sure. Whedon. Awesome. Yeah, that is a good time to leave Hall H. Yeah. Want to go out on a high note? Speaking of going out on a high note... What? I think that's where we should wrap up for the night. Ha! All right. You didn't do anything else your day? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for us for tonight. Talk to you again tomorrow.